for a treat today, guys. Today we are welcoming back a very long-time guest. When Lucas is away or he doesn't want to do it, we have John Tasker, friend of the show. Anyway, uh, today we are talking about reboots, remakes, and sequels. That was probably the best joke I have ever told on the show. It was really smooth, too. Like, you just came out and, yeah, very well done. Did it. Did it, everybody. This podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thundercast. My name is Christian. My name is Liam. And my name is John. That's right, everybody. John Tasker, friend of the show, is here. Uh, Lucas is not feeling well, as I'm sure you heard in the jingle by our, our good old friend Cliff McLean, um, right at the top of the show before we did our, our little spiel and whatnot. So, um, yes, welcome back, John. Thanks for coming in because uh, Lucas is uh, current absence. John, where are we coming live from? That's a great question. Um, we're currently coming live from the, the paintings and, and drawings that I have in my room here. They're <laughs> wild and they're trippy. That's great. Uh, the audience cannot see those, so use your imagination. Um, our, today we are also sponsored by our patrons, uh, which is our usual sponsorship. Uh, you can stay tuned till the end of the show to hear a special shout-out to each and every single one of you. Um, today we are going to be talking about reboots, remakes, soft reboots, all that sort of stuff of movies and TV shows or whatever that we would like to see happen. Um, but before we get into that, we're going to jump right into the ingestion. Uh, let's start off with John. John, what have you seen, heard, listened to, watched? Um, so my list is entirely a watch list. Oh, no, I will start with this. Um, my roommate got a PS5 last oh, week. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I am midway through uh, Miles Morales, Cool. the game. And um, I'm enjoying myself. Is it better than no. PS4? No. It's not. I've it's a actually... nice kind of tied you over until I don't know when the second one's coming out. I'm having a lot of fun, but no, it's not. I, I, I think cause... this is kind of considered the second one. I was going to say, but I, from a lot of people, I have been hearing some lukewarm opinions. But biggest one being I've heard is that the game is too short. Oh, um, that okay. one was to be expected, I think. And also just the fact that apparently like Spider-Verse happened and it really shows. Oh, like, is it par- like pretty big in the... Like the... apparently the music is Spider Verse. The um, I was the, uh, I was a, I was it like uh, the way Miles is characterized as pretty Spider Verse. Uh, yeah. I will say that there are a lot of things that Spider Verse did that just absolutely nailed it. So I think in terms of things like the way that Miles moves in the video game, it's like and that why reinvent the wheel. He's a kid. He doesn't know how to how to swing properly yet. I think it's interesting. Does, there does are that other show? Things- does that show? Does he, show. He's clunky. Yeah. Oh, he's like a web web slinger and stuff. Yeah, he's just like a little more like lanky and just kind of like flails around and doesn't. It's very Spider Verse if you I, remember like kind of yeah. the way he moves in that. I think the reason why uh, that criticism has me concerned is because uh, from what's been explained to me, uh, I do hope to play it soon because uh, I do now have a PS4. Uh, Spider uh, was it Spider Man? Is that Spider Man felt like a very fresh take on Peter Parker and all of that. Um, so, and a lot of people are saying, well, just to do Spider-Verse again, because it hit really big from Sony seems to be a missed opportunity for other things you could do with the character. Mm -hmm. They definitely are not, 
they didn't do Spider-Verse again in any capacity. Like, there's no... There's, I mean, as far as I've seen in the game, there's nothing about the multiverse or anything like that. It's just kind of like the influences there. Of things, yeah. Like influences, yeah. Is Peter? Is P, does Peter show up? No. He does. No, he show. I mean, like he's at the. You can see him at the beginning. Is um, is he up. the remastered version? I I despise it. <laughs> he, Where looks he looks like, like little Tom, Tom Holland. Ugh. What's the yeah. fucking point? I don't get it, and it pisses me off. It's like I, mean, I, I I think it ruins a lot of um, kind of the dynamics that they set up in in the first game in terms of like it, it he looks younger than Miles now and he doesn't fit right his voice anymore. I've also uh, I got a lot to say. About it. <laughs> no, I mean, there's also we got the time. There's also uh, just the fact that um, uh, was it when I've se- when I saw the concepts for Spider-Man PS4 whatnot, particularly when I saw Peter Parker, I'm like. Yes, thank you. Finally, a different uh, Peter Parker who looks like comic book Peter Parker, and uh, act and uh, and actually is does like he looks like the comics, but also its own thing. Where I'm like, why would you just want to make him look like the movie? Mm-hmm. Legit, what they said, like what the studio said, was, um, oh, we we find that the 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 voice doesn't really fit the face as much as we'd like it to, and it's like that's horseshit yeah you're lying yeah you're <laughs> at just least trying be to honest about what you're doing yeah you wanted I mean, to bank on the the popularity of tom holland's looks yeah that's frustrating very silly what else did you got on your list um so i played that been playing it's nice um um i watched the queen gam the queen's gambit oh yeah um, with uh anya taylor joy indeed it's a tv and, series um, right yeah it's like a mini series yeah um it's based off of a book that is fiction, which is something that I did not know the whole time. I thought it was based on a true story, and it is not, but it's very good. I I would highly recommend watching it. Yeah, it's about um, chess, right? It is about chess, and they make chess um like interesting, and like it's not necessarily that I it it, it goes into the details about making you understand how how the different moves work, but mm-hmm. the way they make it cinematic is really interesting and and the games are um they're all rather different in terms of like the types of opponents that she faces right Um, i read slash heard from another podcast that uh heath ledger was in talks to direct that book uh the adaptation before he died way long time ago whoa wouldn't that have been his directorial debut if he Uh, did probably yeah i think it was supposed to be a movie i didn't do a lot of research so just go look it up (laughs) <laughs> sure that sounds interesting like that would have been that's something that obviously would have been cool to see i don't know how it would have done as a as a, as a movie like yeah. this is like seven episodes that are pretty fleshed out and it's it's refreshing to me because most netflix series are like just a very long movie that is just kind of spliced in these arbitrary places where it's like oh this is maybe it's a cliffhanger here or things resolved here's a like, b story for no reason here like, I mean, yeah and like what i was gonna say on, the, on one hand you could have something that really works like the first season of daredevil and then you could have season two of daredevil which really <laughs> fell into that yeah exactly um so i think it leaves queen's gambit like the episodes have somewhat of like a of an arc to them, which is just nice. And how's Anya in it? Because I'm never. She's great. Yeah, because I think she's hit or miss for me, really. Like she's great in the Vavitch, but yeah, I've not seen that one. But um, I I'm saying it now. 
however the Golden Globes happen in this pandemic, um, she will be winning for the category that she is in. I'm just going to predict it now, and it's on recording. So if I'm right, then like dope, and if not, then we can. Yeah, that'd be second youngest, uh, second youngest uh, female winner, right next to Zendaya. Well, that was the primetime Emmys. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. So I think I think Queen's Gamma will be for next year's Emmys. Gotcha. But this coming Golden Globes. Right, right, right. All right. Um, there are two things that I watched like um literally today and yesterday that um I'm gonna leave to Liam because he's also watched those two things very recently. Um the other day we watched Penelope. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that one with, with Christina, Christina Ricci. Ricci she has with the a, pig nose. She's got the pig nose that's got James McAvoy. No, <laughs> I what the hell? What? It's on Netflix, bro. You got to watch it. What is oh, it? It's so wild. It's okay. So essentially, Christina Ritchie is is born with a pig's nose. Um, like a literal a pig's nose. Like a literal pig's nose. Yeah. And she's got pig ears, which they never talk about. It's always covered. It's always about her nose. It's really funny. Didn't have the, mu- um, they didn't have the budget for all that prosthetics. You can see him sometimes, but mm. yeah, they just don't mention it. Um, but yeah, so it's cursed. She's born, she's born with this nose. And to break the curse, she has to like marry into wealth or or something like that um and uh what i will the one thing i'll say about this movie is that i could not predict at any point what was gonna happen (laughs) like things just kept happening where i was like oh this okay and this is where and i didn't i really didn't mind it okay i know it was one of those indie films that just kind of came and went back in the later 2000s yeah because i'd never heard of it i think it's i've probably seen like the poster but i didn't know anything about it so yeah yeah, i don't know just let's just watch it okay um, okay to literally today this morning i watched boogie nights um, what for the first time for the first time yeah, yeah. um oh, what a what a ride that what was. a fucking I, ride, I actually hey? haven't seen boogie nights yet oh it's man great. yeah like i mean like i i still don't know how i feel about it I, I really enjoyed it, but it was all over the place for me. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the the point of it, right? Is that it's I kind of tell. supposed to be like tonally, it shifts it sh- it shift shifts itself. Ooh, that was hard to say. I haven't even had anything to drink yet. Um, and it's in part because it's such a generational movie, like literally takes place over decades, right? So each decade having its own sort of style and genre, and even for porn, um and shifting and changing right and so the the sporadic nature of the of the script definitely plays through um like there's there are some scenes in there that really solidified what pta was going to be doing with the rest of his career you know in terms of just like his directorial style specifically with the camera but also with his cast because like the way he directs people has grown and matured so much over the years but even back then in comparison to like hard eight and magnolia like you can see that massive shift so hard eight hard eight he's you know he's first movie he's trying real hard then he goes and does boogie nights and people are like boogie nights holy is shit also the, is also the film that got burt reynolds his oscar yeah yeah it kind of made work mark Wahlberg mark mark Wahlberg cool again i don't know why i can't fucking talk i mean cool again yeah that he he was marky mark i think until that point i think that kind of reinvented his image there yeah um i don't he's a star he's a great big most of the time and i mean like 
Yeah, he does. He does a pretty good job in this one. There's some like Mark Wahlberg isms, but mm-hmm. like he's also playing like kind of an idiot. So yeah, yeah that's so, the point. Yeah. So Mark Wahlberg, Dirk Diggler yeah, is not basically. really the smartest man in the world. <laughs> Dirk Diggler. Yeah. Yeah. I this is, I couldn't. I couldn't believe certain things that I was watching, and um, and yeah, I just I I, I crossed that one off my list, which I was very happy to do. Great. Yeah, I'm glad you saw it because it's uh, it's one of my favorites. That's for sure. I have seen yeah. one scene from that movie, and that's the famous one or with uh, William H. Macy. Oh, I, the one? Th- like, the one in the, the house? The long shot yes. where he comes to his yes. car and grabs, yeah. Grabs yeah, that the is item? The, <laughs> yeah, that is the one scene I have I have watched from that movie. So the first time that I watched that, I saw the beginning of that scene, and I was like, when he walks in on his wife, and I was like, huh, you poor unfortunate soul. And then he goes and does what he does, and I was like, Oh, that's not funny. That's not a funny joke. And just the tonal shift that happens at literally the drop of a hat just kind of like really blows you away. Something PTA has always <laughs> been very good at. That was a good yeah. pun if you've seen the movie. Um, um, anything else, John? Yes, two more things. One thing, I watched Captain Fantastic a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it's like easily in my top ten now we've talked about um, it on the show before but i'm glad you're saying it's one okay. it's in your top 10 like yeah because yes. lucas and i have both seen it All that right. makes sense yeah, yeah i won't i won't talk it to death i enjoyed the hell out of it mm-hmm. um and uh yesterday i rewatched billy elliot okay years yeah um that is also one of my favorite movies i think um, we talked about it on your first episode on the show did we Maybe. I didn't. I didn't bring it up as like I. I, I had honestly forgotten about it. My mom showed it to me when I was like eleven or twelve, mm-hmm. and then I didn't. I watched the musical version, like the live musical version, in 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 London, at one point, which was pretty good. But otherwise, I hadn't. It wasn't on my radar at all. I'd forgotten about it until I saw it yesterday. And Freddie Highmore, uh, right? Uh, no, no I, it's uh, Jamie, Jamie Bell. Bell. Jamie Bell, which it, he is also in. Um, like most recently, Fant Four Stick played the thing oh yeah uh, nice. he's in that okay. shitty teleporter movie with hayden christensen jumper oh jumper yeah we don't talk shit about jumper Just that movie kidding. is awful yeah it's not good <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's really bad yeah yeah all right uh, um yeah that's uh that'll be me that's your ingestion for this week liam what do you got because um so I'm gonna hammer through a couple of things quick, just the mainly the things that I don't really have too much to say about, which is I finally watched the South Park Pandemic special. Yeah, and eh, it's fine. I think the world might have gotten a little too crazy for even South Park to try to keep up with. Yeah, probably because there was even, so much going on for them to try and hit. I'm glad they didn't do BLM stuff. I mean, there was one joke. There was one thing they kind of did with uh, Token. Oh where yeah, yeah. The police yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. become so in that episode of uh, a police uh, become the new teachers because they got defunded and all the teachers are on strike. So the town is like, oh, why don't we make the police teachers? And the police do exactly what you think the police would do if they were teachers. Yeah. So they shoot. They shoot Token. Yeah, Token gets shot. He doesn't die, but he gets shot. He gets shot. Token is one of the very few black characters on South Park. Or, right. Sorry. As soon as you said the name Token, yeah, I knew. one of the very yeah, his, few BIPOC yeah. characters on the show. And uh, he gets shot, and then the police have the audacity to say it was COVID-related because – and their their explanation is as follows. The teachers left school because of COVID, 
Therefore, we would have not come into the school, and therefore, we would have not shot you. Therefore, it is COVID-related. <laughs> um, so, yeah, terrible I mean, train of a train of thought. I mean, yeah, like there were things that worked. Too, like I thought the whole uh, the review, the what act, the cause of COVID and what really started it was pretty funny. Yeah, like, I laughed uh, real hard. Um, and uh, things like that. The biggest thing is that I feel like they just bit on more bacon, the more than they can chew. Yeah, I mean, especially at the end there when like Rand- Randy basically says we're doing another special and then he like slams the door just kind of yeah. like being like fuck you like you can't tell us what to do kind of thing but also we don't have a way to stop the world and all the craziness that's in it so of course we're going to keep doing specials right um, because sometimes there's going to be things that we need to try to address and it's going to take us a little longer to try and digest a lot of the information right and it is cool that they did do the whole thing completely socially distant and like the animators worked from home and still mm-hmm. did their all nighter for mm-hmm. all nighters and all of that um I mean, my biggest criticism of the whole thing is just that they're really starting to use Taggarty Farms as a crutch. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a John, shame because you don't really know a whole lot about South Park, do you? Yeah. Randy owns a weed farm. We're at a point in South Park where it's like, you don't really need to know. <laughs> like, like, Randy yeah, owns past, a weed farm. That's all you need to know. Yeah. The past few uh, seasons, Randy has owned a weed farm. And, both, and that, as funny as it was when it started, it's kind of dominated the rest of the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, be kind. Of, yeah, I agree with Liam. It kind of becomes a crutch a little bit, especially and... considering the past specials have all been a specials have all been about Taggarty Farms, like yeah. the Christmas snow, the um or the Christmas special, the uh, Taggarty Farms special is what it, that one was called, right? The Hall uh the uh, Halloween or not the Halloween one, the uh the three hundredth episode, right? Um, but yeah. I also uh watch stuff um that's the quick one i'm really gonna get out of the way i also for the first time in a couple of uh last week i watched in bruges because i'd never seen it mm-hmm. uh and uh, i realized that it was the only martin mcdonough film that i have uh never that i had never seen and i'm gonna say straight up i i think i'm in, i think i may be in the majority but this is his best film sure i don't know anything um, about his films so um, this is uh, one that i watched literally like a couple hours ago you know i uh oh really oh okay yeah. okay you know i honestly kind of loved it um yeah it's uh well one it's probably shows his the- uh, martin mcdonough's theater background the most because he was a playwright before uh, he became a filmmaker and this is well given it's his first film it's probably made the most minimally and like so much of it is uh is dialogue driven and like just like kind of older sets and whatnot Mm-hmm. Um, the plot essentially follows um, uh, Colin Farrell and uh, Brendan uh, Gleeson play uh, two hitmen who, after a botched job, have been ordered to hang out in Bruges while in the, t- the city of Bruges while awaiting orders. And uh, essentially, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, it's a sen- the whole movie is essentially uh, them dealing with the aftermath of what of what really went wrong on their uh, on their job. Okay, is it so? It's kind of like a hangout movie. Uh. Not really. It's more of like it's a like half a hangout movie. <laughs> it's half a hangout movie and half a uh, philosophical pontification. Okay. All right. All right. I thought it was an action movie. Uh, yeah. No, there's some action in it, but it's more so. It's an action movie of a way like a dark comedy is. It's because he like did Pulp Lock Fiction Talk or... and Locks Lock Stock. No, he made uh, In Bruges, Seven Psychopaths, and uh, Three Billboards. Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, okay. Do you, do you want to know a fun fact I learned today from IMDb about Mark McDonough? 
what? the age of 27, he was the first playwright since William Shakespeare to have four plays running simultaneously in London's oh. West End. Hmm. I'm a big fan of this, guys. Um, we read a couple of his plays um, at the University of Lethbridge in my program, and it was a real privilege. And something about this movie, at certain points, it was like I could literally read the script that he was writing based on the way that these two were talking it's just he's very particular and it's that very like quick back and yeah. forth mm -hmm. that i really enjoy yeah he has that yeah. it has a pretty much everything i love uh existential philosophy crime capers um quit that really snappy quick 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 witted, witted dialogue <laughs> man can any of us talk today <laughs> <laughs> um but uh what is it what were your thoughts on the movie overall john i really enjoyed it yeah i just like i don't know what to say i just i i i liked it a lot i liked i like the way that he plots things out and the way it all kind of wraps up yeah um cool. and also, i've also started to realize that i'm a sucker for a certain kind of ending but i'm not going to spoil it all right yeah, because um, the only one I've seen of his is uh, Seven Psychopaths. I still haven't seen Three Billboards. I've seen the the Wanner with with Sam Rockwell. That's pretty much all I've seen from that movie. When he like goes up the stairs, oh, and like, just, like the, from the movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he punches that woman and stuff, right? That's really yeah. I would say definitely I got watch In Bruges and watch Three Billboards if you would like. I think that's a well made film, mm -hmm. Hmm. but In Bruges is definitely better. Are we're all three nominated for Oscars in one way? Uh, or another? All uh, in Bruges got was best original. It was a best original screenplay uh, nom, but it lost. It did take home a bunch of Golden Globes, though. Yeah, but that's like going home with yeah. pockets of sand. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> then uh, next, uh, another this one. Uh, uh, what is it? Another one that I know John also watched is. Apparently, both of us watched Fat Man yesterday. Oh yeah. Um, I have I have obtained a copy of that said film that I have yet to watch. And uh, what is it? And uh, after it was over, uh, I called up John and we got to talk about it a little bit. So I'm going to let John field this one out because by pretty much all standards, this is not his kind of movie. Nope. Yeah, no. And that's the thing is that um, I'm surprised that I, I appear to have enjoyed it a little bit more than Liam did. Um, he just, he, he sent me the trailer like a month ago. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I watched it, it was like, okay, so I, you know exactly what you're getting into. I was very excited just to like, it just seemed like a turn off your brain and kind of watch a movie and like it is, but it also has like a few things that are just kind of like fun little stabs at capitalism and Christmas and, and the military and things like that. Yeah. Well, this um, movie is very, this is one of the more cynical films I've seen in a while. Yeah. Um, I think Liam, Liam said last night that like there are points where it takes itself a little too seriously. I don't think I noticed those points like in, as much or they didn't seem to bother me. Um, but like when it hit, it, it really hit. And Mel Gibson as Santa Claus is something that I didn't know that I really wanted to see. And now I'm glad I, I, <laughs> it's I like did. T yeah, Tim Allen as Santa Claus, Mel Gibson as Santa Claus. like Kurt Russell as Santa yeah. Claus. Yeah. Once somebody, um, had, you know, somebody had to been doing some Christmas snow to try and cast Mel Gibson as Santa Claus. I, tell well, you I was talking to my cousin about how we should make a, how we should make a Christmas movie starring Russell Crowe, but it's like shakes the clown, but with Santa. Right. I, <laughs> I'm not opposed. Um, uh, but yeah, it was, yeah. The best part about it for me was the acting. Mm -hmm. Like the biggest problem is that it just doesn't really deliver on the absurdity of its premise. 
um like uh and uh um but like uh, again mel gibson's great walton goggins is great uh versus this kid in that movie who is essentially what i am at who gets up to what i imagine ben shapiro got up to as a kid because this kid looks and talks like ben shapiro yeah do you think he's hilarious <laughs> do you think it was intentional i don't think so i think um, his behavior is intentionally like that of like an entitled little rich kid and the fact that he just looks like a child version of ben shapiro is a bonus mm-hmm. you really think he has a cousin who looks like a child version of mara wilson little known fact mara wilson is cousins of ben shapiro i don't know if a lot of people knew that but matilda is yeah oh have you yeah matilda is related to a big piece of shit so (laughs) um and then lastly uh uh what is it friday night which was probably or saturday night which is probably the highlight of my week christian and i watched hopped on zoom and we watched the first six seven or six was it six or seven maybe it was seven yeah the first seven episodes of the Animaniacs revival. Yeah. Go ahead. That? Yeah, go ahead. Because uh, okay. I also have some feelings. Okay, because I was going to say that, like, a lot. I don't know if I've ever really talked, uh, what is it, uh, talked about with some of the podcasts, but Animaniacs is, like, one of my favorite cartoons of all time. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember as a kid, well, uh, everybody was watching those shitty uh, Disney, uh, uh, was it, uh, teen uh, sitcoms that deep down everyone knows were knows are bad. I was watching Animaniacs. <laughs> Um, you elitist prick (laughs) (laughs) um but like so uh when i heard this was going on i was excited for two reasons one they were actually hand drawing it not on paper but on tablet so i'm like okay it's still it's not on paper but it's still hand drawn Mm -hmm. um and they got the whole voice cast back but one thing i was iffy on is that they didn't have the creators back they had a lot of the same writer staff but not the creators oh i didn't know that john did you ever watch animaniacs growing up not not properly i uh, saw some like clips here and there yeah. similar to south park i just um, that's fair i feel like if you did watch it there's there's some shit in there that will really get you going because yeah like okay. <clears throat> we were watching it on zoom and so there was obviously like a little bit of delay between liam and i so like i was streaming it to him so like i would laugh at a joke and then like a second later liam would laugh so it was like that was kind of fun to, to have like going on just like you know, both of us are kind of having our own moment with it. Um, I do cool. think some of the sketches really go a little too far in the political realm. It's obviously satire. It's obviously parody. And not necessarily in their execution, but in their repetitiveness. So there's a few bits that go into, like, Trump. And it's like, okay, like, we get there's it. There's one in particular that really shot the, uh, was it the short in the foot? Yeah, do you want to, we can spoil one or two of the bits, say. Basically, I don't mind. The, the Animaniacs are Greek gods in this one episode. And, and they're dealing with Odysseus, and they drop him on an island of a uh, big, uh, of a uh, really, of a, what, a Cyclops. Cyclops, yeah. just Donald Trump. It's Trump. And, he, and he's doing like the really bad and pre- and it's like shut up like yeah so so easy now but so to he, be fair was written two years ago yeah also I will say in all fairness uh, what is it I've come to accept if ever is going to be Trump jokes because let's face it that guy like Alex Jones has been des- literally designed by God for people to make fun of him yeah um yeah so I mean but just the thing is that I'm like we're at a point now where nothing new can possibly be said at this point. No new jokes, which is to its detriment because, like we said, it was written in 2018, most of the bits. And it, they, they even straight up say it in the very first song. They're like, a lot of what we're talking about is in 20, 
2018, and then they go into what they think 2020 is going to be like. Because that's they're not far off in a lot of ways. Yeah, they really weren't. (laughs) Um, Um, and it was it was pretty funny to watch. I, I will agree with Liam that the animation is really well done. It's much more crisp than the original show not to its detriment though so it like it is hand-drawn and it shows but it's just crisper but they do 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 it a lot of attention to make the stuff in the background kind of have a little bit of a blur as it would if it was like hand-drawn in in physically like physically hand-drawn so that's really nice that's cool um go ahead um i will say that uh i was it overall i'm probably about 80 percent on it um just like i don't think they quite stick it and i think a lot of it is that um uh what is it is that the original animaniacs was so was inherently mayhem to a point where they just took shots at everything and this one you could feel they they do kind of they they probably got some uh notes but like they do have a little bit more of an agenda here yeah and well one thing i will mention on my end is that animaniacs was a kid's show that adults could watch the original one Animaniacs 2020 is an adult show that kids can watch because there's a lot of just really fucking weird references. Very, very I mean, odd. I'm going mean to spoil one. There is this entire episode about Edward Snowden. Yeah. And it's just, it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, they go to, uh, what is it? They go to Russia because they, they need to break into the NSA. So it's like, we're going to go to Russia. We're going to get the one man who can help us. And Sorry, this is a pinky in the brain bit. This is a pinky in the brain bit. But <laughs> yeah, they go and they, they, they rescue Edward Snowden. It's very weird. Or not rescue, they rescue shit for Edward Snowden. Yeah. But um, there's also one episode that's all about gun control. But they don't tiptoe around it. It's called Bun Control. And it's all about like... The Warner Brothers bunnies. lot getting run over with run, overrun with bunnies, and they whenever they say buns, they always look like pretty much right at the camera, and it's very obviously <laughs> about gun control. And even the final joke at the end, which is my favorite joke of the whole se- series so far, or this this version is I don't even want to spoil it, but it's very funny and it's very like, <laughs> did you get what we were doing, kids? <laughs> like. You know, I really, I really thought it was super fucking funny. And like Pinky and the Brain are always good. I don't know. Um, the, uh, yeah, no, overall, I'm pretty impressed with it. In fact, I kind of feel bad to talk negatives about it because it's the work that they put into it shows. Yeah. Um, some of the voice actors, like they're all right back into it. You could tell they've aged a little bit, but they've still got it. Damn it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Like Um, Maurice LaMarche and Rob Paulson, they sound exactly like Pinky and the Brain. There's no, there's no skipping a beat. However, Rob Paulson as Yakko kind of sounds older, but I think that's also intentional. Um, because I mean, Jess Harnold kind pretty much just sounds like Wacko, you know. And uh, Tress McNeil as Dot, you can mainly when she's singing, you can really hear it. At times when she's talking, I can hear it because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you know this, John, but Animaniacs was a very, mu- very, very musical show. Yeah. In fact, it yeah. had probably some of the best beats and jingles ever made for a kid's show. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, um, and that's still kind of holding up because they usually only do one musical number per per episode. When the first one, they're like, "It's a reboot. We got to do two. And so they dive right in. Uh, they do two. There yeah. is uh one that uh there was one song where I was ready to uh what is it? Where until it came around, I was like, "This is pushing my limits." Mm-hmm. Um, where uh Dot essentially gets the ability to turn everything in the world cute, and I'm like, 
this this is hell like this is yeah you hate that and it does it (laughs) starts out as like everything is like too perfect and then it gets it's like it cuts to like what is it three weeks later 28 days later yeah and then it cuts to them like rocking back and forth and they're like this is too much we're losing our minds (laughs) like yeah it's pretty good and like the music is so ear gratingly auto-tuned it's like there's sorry there's like this gross pigeon that they didn't turn cute and it's like flying around and they're like what if we what if we did something really gross and then that would fix everything right so they all lick the pigeon (laughs) and then it just turns everything back to normal yeah it's pretty it's pretty funny um and again even with like a lot of like the i was of the jokes they throw in there like there's uh uh, what's that one it's like you know what uh what is it you know what's wrong with me do you know i uh, was it joe the biggest problem is with being rich uh that your name that your nickname is sometimes dick <laughs> <laughs> yeah they they go they go pretty much all up but yeah liam that's uh good. that's uh that's animaniacs 2020 uh yeah. yeah yeah it's good i'm also at about 80 percent. i'd say i agree with liam um moving into the things that i've seen i'll start with the things that were not great moving into the things that I did like. Um, so I saw a movie called Cook Off that was originally shot in 2007 and didn't come out until 2017. Um, yeah, it was shelved for that long. It's on Amazon Prime, I believe, possibly Crave. I can't remember. But it has Melissa McCarthy in it for about eight minutes. Um, the rest of the movie, it's it's a mockumentary about a cooking, like a cook-off show. Um and it's just the jokes don't hit some of I, what did laugh a little bit at a few things and i was like okay okay but most of the time the jokes just don't hit they're trying way too hard for shock humor um but then also holding back on things uh, yeah i was not super impressed um but then i watched a movie called with elijah wood uh and allison pill called cooties it also has I've heard of that, yeah. yeah um written uh by leigh winnell uh yeah, he's also in the movie. He also acts in the movie. Uh, I don't know, Liam, if you knew Leigh Winnell was also an actor. Yep, I remember you and I discussed this. And yeah, I know he's also an actor. He gives one of the worst performances I've ever seen in Saw. Yeah. Um, but Cooties is great up until the last five minutes. Like, because it's a, it's a zombie movie where kids who haven't hit puberty become bloodthirsty, like, monsters and run around and like rip the flesh off of people and then they overrun the world and then the adults are fine they just get a little sick if they get bit but if they'll eat your flesh but if you just get bit or whatever if you have puberty you just get a little, you just have like the flu and you get kind of sick and then shit your pants and then you're good to go um it's that sounds interesting it's a cool movie I, it's not perfect um a lot of it it takes safe and a lot of it they really push over overboard because like rain wilson literally kills children and it becomes a little much. Um, I've seen a lot of movies recently where kids die, and I don't know what what that the world is trying to tell me. But um, yeah, it's it, it's okay. Like the last five minutes are really really disappointing, and really don't pack a punch. Um, Liam and I did watch a movie again over Zoom. I, Zoom. I have a like a online movie pals group where we we watch movies over Discord or Zoom, and we would talk about them and watch them or whatever and use uh, that Netflix party um, app to, to watch some stuff. Not an advertisement, just saying. Um, but it was a movie called Under the Shadow, um, which is a uh, – was it Armenian, Liam? Uh, yeah, it's uh, – I was it? I think – No, or is it Palestinian? 
I know it's somewhere in the uh, northern uh, Middle East. Yeah, sorry, sorry, everybody. I'm gonna get it wrong. I apologize. Um, but basically, it's about a ghost rocket. I mean that literally. A a rocket is shot into an apartment building and does not detonate, but releases ghosts into the building. And then, so it's a political satire. It's about like you know. Uh, immigration and like um like refugee the war on terror yeah and the war on terror in the 80s and that sort of stuff and and some of the some of the scares are pretty good but you know it also plays it safe but it's also like a refugee story that um i is a little on the nose like you can't really tell whether or not they were trying to be subtle or if they were just trying to be like so here's here's something else i watched i also watched a movie called his house um which is on netflix and that one was very well made. Also a refugee story, but they're from Syria um, and are coming to England. Uh, and you kind of learn over the course of the movie that some of the things that they had done to get there were pretty nefarious. And um, they, and they're being, actually being chased down by like a witch in their house. And the witch is like bringing in ghosts from their past to show them and be like, you really fucked up. <laughs> like you screwed up. So watching those two like refugee um, films back to back was really interesting because it, I think what what's happening is horror is kind of going down, like especially um, uh, foreign horror. I say that very lightly um, is going down this route of showing people in the Western culture horrors of their of their um, like regular life you know of just like these, these are the things that we have to deal with or things that we have dealt with in the past um things that are very real and do scare us but the only way that we can personify these things is by making it about ghosts and that's the only way that a western audience is actually going to understand this like suffering you know is wow. by is like putting like it a, in these eyes right um that's like my theory concept that's my theory having said that his house good movie under the shadow pretty meh the last thing that I watched um, was Jumanji: The Next Level. Yes, you were oh, talking yeah. to me about that and Jumanji Three. It I has no I... right. It has no right to be as entertaining as it is. There are no right. Uh, I... That was the last one too. <laughs> yeah. I also uh, don't remember. I don't remember the movie especially well. I know I talked about it on the show briefly when yeah. I uh, saw it. But one thing I still stand by that I remember for it. And again, it's very rare that you'll hear me praise this individual, but. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Kevin Hart. Yeah, Kevin Hart does a very good Danny Glover impression. He sure does. <laughs> and then Aquafina does a very great Danny DeVito impression. <laughs> um, yeah. Even, really? uh, there's that point. I also remember there's that point where it's for Rock just uh, as Danny DeVito just punching people, and I remember thinking that was really funny. God damn funny. Yeah. There's a lot of moments that I was just like, no, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to do this. And like some some moments where I have a feeling some people probably thought it was pretty par problematic, you know, like having um, having like uh, people of color um, inside of the bodies of people who are who are not people of color, you know, like Jack Black's character in the in the for most of the film, he's actually playing um, Fridge mm -hmm. from the first. Oh film. right, right. And I feel like some people probably would have had a problem with that. I think in the context of the movie, it does kind of make sense. But the um, the representation and the in the in the image in which Jack Black is doing the voice, yeah, people who don't get 
you know, I mean, well, and also people I... who don't get the joke are going to get offended by it. True. I wasn't. I, offended, I, I think, but... I think like not getting the joke is definitely part of it. I mean, like any, anyone. And cause like when I first saw the trailer for like the, the second Jumanji, I initially was like, okay, I don't love the optics of Jack Black playing a woman. Oh no, you were pissed. You were all like, no, I am boycotting this movie. I am offended. Damn it. Oh, I didn't say that. Thank you, though. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for that. Um, but no, like, you're right that in the context, it, it, it kind of, like, allows it, and it didn't, it wasn't as, like, annoying as it could have been. That yeah. being said, anyone who is genuinely offended by Jack Black playing a woman in the second one should not watch the third one. Yeah, if, no. If that's, like, the case. <laughs> yeah, so, you do know. not. Um, Good to know. But, yeah, there's there's some moments in it where I was like, there was no reason for that scene to happen. But I found it entertaining. You know, like, Liam, there's that one scene when they're all in the the hounds. I don't know what that guy's name is. The hound from Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's in. He's the bad guy in it. But they're in his, like, castle. And uh, Kevin Hart's character pulls out a stereo or a boombox from his, from his backpack. And they play a song just so they could have a musical fight scene. And I was like, oh. that's such a stupid, you know, MacGuffin. Like, why put this here? There's no reason for this. Um, that's so in. But, you know, also, there was a moment at the very end of the movie that legitimately got me 90% of the way to crying, you know? Oh. And it, I, I, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to spoil it because it's Jumanji 3. Um, and that is that Danny Glover becomes a horse. And the reason why he went to go to hang out with Danny DeVito is because he was dying and he was he wanted to make amends with his friend but he knew that he could live forever forever in Jumanji as a pegasus and so he says to says to his friends like I can I can live forever here like is it okay if I leave and Aquafina who is playing Danny DeVito kind of says cuz they're friends and he kind of, and she says like yeah it's fine friend and then lets them go. And it, I was like, holy shit, this is a very heartwarming moment. But it's between Aquafina, who is Danny DeVito, and a Pegasus horse, who is actually uh-huh. Danny Glover. And I was like, this is going to make me cry? What the fuck is wrong with me right now? I mean, you have cried about cheeseburgers in the past, so this what? isn't too when? far stretch. When? Avengers Endgame. Oh, my God. <laughs> you want to go get cheeseburgers? <laughs> That's a good point. Shut up. That's a good moment. Um, anyway. Those are the things that I have seen slash played. Uh, not played. Mostly just seen. I played a lot of Portal. I didn't realize in Portal 2 you can build your own test chambers, so stay tuned for that, everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, so those are the things that we have seen, watched, and listened to recently. Do you guys have any recommendations this week? Anything that you would like to slog for the audience at home? Oh, shit. You know, I totally forgot about recommendations this time. Which is so funny, Liam, because I didn't even tell John. So <laughs> I am on the spot. I recommend that next week we all, or the next time, we all have recommendations for you. At this current time, I am, as you can see behind me, I am packing up my office to move to a new location where there will be possibly better lighting, possibly a better camera. Who knows? Anyway, that has been the ingestion for this week. We're going to go for a quick break, and we will see you in a moment. I had no, I had no, no dog in that fight. It was not, I was not a dog fight that I was a part of. I don't even go to dog fights, you know? <laughs> I got threatened by one of my cousins today. What? 
Well, actually, but, science has proved that what everything they've said completely wrong on multiple occasions. I would like and to they, see these, this science, please. I'm just, I'm not, I'm show, not. Show me the science. I would like um, to see the sources. All right, welcome back to the Thundercast. Today we are. Oh, I heard some laughter there in the in the background there, John. My bad. I feel Someone like that is. Some fun over there on the PS5. Uh, are they playing Bug Snacks? <laughs> They're playing um uh, sack sack boy little adventure. Uh, little yes. Big adventure. Big big sack adventures. <laughs> yeah, big sack. <laughs> that's what that's what they called Liam's time in Amsterdam. Anyway, uh, today we are talking about reboots, remakes, and sequels. That was probably the best joke I have ever told on the show. It was really smooth, too. Like, you yeah. just came out, and yeah, very well done. Did it. Did it, everybody. Um, yeah, so like I said earlier, we are talking about reboot, remake, sequels, um, all that sort of fun stuff. Uh, I did have some notes just for the audience at home, just in case you are confused or maybe don't understand exactly what we're talking about. A remake is a movie or piece of music that has been or tv show um that has been filmed or recorded again and re-released so you know taking something old and rebooting it or sorry and making it new essentially in the same same context you know we could look at things like um the great gatsby for example uh which is a movie that had that's been remade actually twice already because the original one has been lost to time then the one with Robert Redford, and then the one with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. I believe there's probably one more. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but those are the three that I can think of. Um, even looking at uh, the Planet of the Apes movies, right? Or you know, every well, com- actually, or the every Apes, comic- ones, Apes ones don't count because those aren't remakes. Those are reboots. Or every uh, comic book movie in existence. In some way or another, yes. Uh, A reboot is something, especially a series of films or television programs that has been restarted or revived. Um, And a soft reboot is in which a certain degree of continuity is retained. You know, so you could essentially call episode seven of Star Wars a soft reboot. Um, Jurassic World. Jurassic World soft reboot. What about Jumanji? Jumanji, soft reboot. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah, it it starts to go into its own continuity, um, but still maintains a lot of the... um, the, the canon from the other film um anyway let's go right off of john john what do you got for us okay so my first one i am cheating so i'm getting it out of the way it is a movie that has not come out yet and it's called chaos walking oh god it did you watch the trailer i watched the trailer. i sent it to john directly because i know he likes the book are you not into yes. it hey no, I'm not into it at all. Oh. Granted, okay, so I'm I I really liked the book when I was younger. Um, I don't remember like a lot of it. So there's this sci-fi aspect that is like clearly in the trailer that I don't remember at all from the books, and like it's just it's it's just got these generic things that are clearly being thrown in there, and like this story for one when i read it is like it seems kind of unadaptable to this sort of medium because Mm -hmm. of just kind of there's like thought reading going on and anyway i can just tell it's going to be terrible and i want them to redo it as soon as it comes out but do it properly Um, honestly i think it looks okay (laughs) i think the trailers make it look like uh those young adult movies that i thought we had gotten away from yeah, yeah, it does. Did. Yeah, it kind of looks like a Hunger Games um, divergent, divergent, a surgeon's maze runner. Yeah, yeah. I also don't think it looks awful, but I know nothing about the book. 
Um, and I don't want to be one of those guys that's like, if it's not like the source material, it's not good because like, that's just not practical. It's yeah. not. Yeah. It also looks like a Doug Lyman movie, you know, like it, it looks and feels exactly like a Doug Lyman movie. Also, I don't know if he, he didn't do the reshoots, right, Liam? I don't know. No. All I know is that apparently he, uh, cause this was, this movie was filmed like two years ago initially Yeah, and had, well, one, to begin with, four screenwriters on it who do not seem to fit together whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they, he screened it for the studio and they said, this is unwatchable. So uh, they postponed everything and went back for a bunch of reshoots. Yeah. Well, maybe we can make it happen for you, John. Oh, no, your video cut out. Oh, are you coming back? Ooh, You're back. I'm here. You're oh, here. my God. Is it oh. still recording? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, the recording, don't, the recording don't stop. You're still here. Excellent. <laughs> uh okay. Liam, what do you got for us? Okay, so this one is interesting because it's a movie I kind of like, but I also know that it has a lot of problems. And also, uh, this is also very out of a new for me because usually I hate it when the studio does this. But I would actually like to see a reattempt at Atlantis. Okay. Uh, the Lost Empire, the Disney one. Okay. Um, mainly because, uh, well, one, the things I like in that movie, I really like. The problem is that it's bogged down by so many things I hate in movies. And I'm like, if you're going to do these uh, was it, these remakes or whatnot, do one that didn't go over great the first time and find or find ones that you can improve on in some ways. I thought it's more of like a cult movie at this point. Uh, it kind of has, but yeah, the third act is really weak and it falls in and the original does fall into a lot of the bad traps that uh, Disney was falling into at the time. Mm-hmm. Like uh, characters who feel I uh, was a big, tried to do a more adult thing, but you do also kind of have to mix that with Disney. Yeah. Um. So like uh, at times, like when we're trying to be a little, have a little bit more of an edge, it doesn't quite fit. And also it does what Tarzan, Pocahontas, and so many other movies were doing at the time. It's like, guess who the villain is? Guess what? That's right. Some asshole who just wants money. Yeah. And I'm like, you're looking for a lost civilization. You're going to be rich either way. Yeah, um, fair enough. And also they kind of make all of the um, the heroes or like the people that are being invaded or whatever. It's always it's always like aboriginal people, you know, or sorry, indigenous people. Oops, that's not a great term. I meant indigenous. Yeah, no, I mean uh, typically. Well, I mean also like for a remake, just the initial cast alone no, loans itself to a lot of diversity. The ca- like because the, the main the, cast the of characters are? is, or no, the original has a very diverse group of main characters. Yeah, I meant yeah, in, in I, plot wise is what. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying that like uh like again like I don't dislike that movie really. It's just I actually I do actually kind of like it, but I feel like if you're if Disney's gonna remake anything at all like. I think that would be a good one to attempt because mm-hmm. there's so much there, especially in like that. But could look so freaking cool, especially if you got went back to it. Yeah, for sure. Would you would you still do it animated? Um, I would be open to doing it in live action because uh, the animation style is a little bit more grounded. Like, what about something Mike like Min- Titan AE? Uh, I've never seen Titan AE actually. Oh, it's like a blend of CG and hand drawn. All I really know about it is, is is that it's the last film Don Bluth made. Oh yeah, I guess Matt Damon's um, in it. Googling it right now. Oh yep. sure, but no, I would. Atlantis is one, but I wouldn't mind them trying their hand at again. Yeah. Cool. Um. Um. Yeah. One that I have on my remakes list is also one that I just want to get out of the way, and I hope that they um, do it soon and they do it right. And that's uh, that's uh, Cats. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, cats needs to die. <laughs> yeah, just do it no, right, please. <laughs> yeah, like, do it. Yeah, use mocap suits. Like just, just do it. Just use mocap. Just don't make if I, it. If, if if I if I may pop in for a second with some more theater things. Yes, please. Um, from what I understand, cats was like, um, it it was a real pioneer of of like theatricalizing the set to be used as like as props as part of the show like the way that they build like trains and stuff mm -hmm. so there's a, like a theatrical element that i think could really really remain which includes like just doing like actual costumes instead of motion capture um that can just be put on film because that can still look good it's like filming a play but properly anyway yeah. continue no i i don't disagree with you i just i just think um not having your actors in costume and or mocap suits really really fucked everything up and made it really hard for other people so and also the fact that cats isn't really a play that uh loans itself to narrative structure no it's, i don't know anything more, about it so. it was literally oh, more of a visual so showcase than anything of what could be done on the stage yeah like the plot is non-existent. Nothing makes any sense. Even Andrew Lloyd Webber doesn't seem to understand what it is, but that's not surprising given and Andrew Lloyd Webber's a twit. But life's too fucking short to fucking sue Andrew fucking Lloyd Webber. That's a Pink Floyd quote, by the way. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. And then you know maybe just do it animated. Fuck it. Like Spielberg <laughs> tried. Like Spielberg tried to do in the nineties before his animation studio shut down. I'd give it to the one and only Ralph Bashke. <laughs> that would be. You that yeah, the whole with boy cats, with like their actual cats do you think or is it still humanoid cats animated uh, spielberg wanted to do it as um a as literal cats i'd do it as literal cats sure but why not yeah literal cats yeah that's what i'd do anyway that was that was my throwaway one uh john what else do you got for me? um okay so this is one that i don't want to necessarily get out of the way but i do want to mention it because it's very obviously going to come from me um and it's kind of basic but it's still something that is very much in my heart of hearts it is to um redo harry potter but oh. as a television series oh not as a set of films okay um, it lends itself quite quite easily and straightforward to a television medium having like seven seasons well, um, yeah because harry potter isn't if you read the books they're not very plotty well the later ones are but a lot but a lot of the books are pretty meandery they yeah. are pretty meandery and like um it the 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 movies are like i i mean some of them are great some of them are fucking awful in my opinion and um what i think i would just love to see from a remake is consistency um I mean, for one, like the castle itself just like continuously changes throughout the movies because like the yeah. dress change and like the vision changes. It 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 makes total sense. And like the the idea of like starting to make a series of adaptations before the source material is like finished is funny to me. I mean, the fact that J.K. Rowling was involved with the movies from the start, like I think, was helpful. But even she, like, we all know that she'll say that she meant to do something all along yeah. when that's not the case did jk, um, JK I, rowling wrote harry i thought no one knows who actually wrote harry potter oh my mistake <laughs> um i my was mistake. gonna say i was gonna say john but a lot of anime does um what the uh, harry potter movies did <laughs> Could you imagine a um, harry potter anime that'd um, be fucking bad shit 
Uh, but like uh, shows even like Dragon Ball or Naruto, Inuyasha started uh, but while the manga was still coming out. Yeah. But while oh, they were sure. making One it, piece. They, yeah, like they caught up to it. So they got to a point where they're like, oh, now we got to start making things up. The Walking or Dead we... did the same thing. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones too, of course. Yeah. yeah. And so like Game of Thrones is one that I like have in mind in terms of like that that is a series that if they tried to to adapt it in like the 2000s it would have been in in films which was essentially lord of the rings um but like it just lends itself better to to a serialized version of that what um, network so, what network because i don't think you could put like i think the best version of harry potter would be shaw run by the people who do riverdale i'm just fucking around that was a joke i mean like um that would be a shithead show. <laughs> I, I know His that name's HBO Jughead. Is... <laughs> yeah, shithead. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what studio. Like HBO is good at running their shows, but also like it's not like I, I, I personally wouldn't be interested in 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 watching Harry Potter that is like exclusively meant for people who are now adults who like it. Like right. it's still like children's material so well i mean hbo max and bbc is it hbo and bbc doing that's the dark material show right yeah they uh it's yeah. a big yeah. collaboration between the two of them and that could oh, probably sure. work too yeah you're right yeah. um yeah i think it would work really well there's a lot of fun things in the books that i like you know you just don't if you have the time you can flesh them out which would just be fun to see. I don't know. Or you can fucking read it if you want. <laughs> Eight one-hour like... episodes. I think that would probably be like your best bet. Yeah, well, which first... is tough because like the you'd really have to flush out like the first season or really condense the last season because of the amount of like information. That... Well, the first season you or the first book you could probably do in like five episodes. Theoretically, yeah. Yeah. Nerds. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Do no, you, thank you. That's do, that's my first one. Uh, that's your first real one. <laughs> I just made fun of you for. I'm a fucking <laughs> yeah. asshole. Uh, it's cool. No, I'm fully aware of the, of, of of the connotations there. So I'll yeah, good. I will never take it away from you, John uh, Liam. Go ahead. All right. Here's one that's. Uh, to be honest, uh, this is part of this is partially from a uh, something that a friend of mine has asked me to include on this. Uh, on this episode that's a movie i don't remember especially well in fact i had to look up the name again all i remember is that it was a really dull movie that should have been awesome and that was rain of fire <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so, did lucas tell you to do this no it was oh. uh my buddy chris i can guarantee if lucas was here he probably would have put that on his list oh. you know big ups to lucas He's not dead. Uh, He's just not so here. <laughs> to give some uh, context, the film Rain of Fire is about, um, it's essentially set in the not too distant future of London, where these uh, drillers or whatnot find accidentally awaken a dragon that was in hibernation under London. And this dragon is apparently the thing that actually wiped out the dinosaurs. <laughs> and voiced now, voiced uh, by whom? Yeah, it's not Dragonheart. Are you thinking Sean Dragonheart? Con Sean Connery. That's Dragonheart. No. No. I'm pretty... No, who's in Reign of Fire? Is that Christian Slater? Uh, the main actors are uh, Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. I have Is heard of this one. McConaughey the dragon? No. Oh, who's the Is dragon? Is Gerard Butler the dragon? I don't remember, honestly. All I rem The biggest thing I remember about this movie is that for a premise that's that fucking stupid, I'm like... You know, this could be kind of awesome. This could be like snakes on a plane, or um, dragons uh, on dragons in London. Yeah, yeah or uh, 
uh, was it Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters? But uh, no, that movie is bland and takes itself fucking seriously. Does the dragon talk? Not but from what I remember. Not Man. all dragons talk in movies. The- <laughs> uh. True, however. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, but yeah, no, uh, just on the premise alone, that is something I would actually like to see somebody try again. A post-apocalyptic uh, future where you're fighting dragons. Yeah. That sounds kind of awesome. I think that would be cool. Um, Sorry, I was trying to look up who voices, and apparently no one voices the dragon. Uh, oh, yeah, you're going to see? <laughs> um, Dragonheart and Reign of Fire, I always confused those two when I was at the video store. So, um, One that I have on my reboots uh, list, because I guess you could call Would you call that one, Liam, a reboot or a remake? Well, given it's only one movie to pull from, and it's an original film, I think it would just fall into the category of a remake. That's fair. Um, a movie that I would like to have rebooted, um, or a series or a franchise, is uh, the Transformers movies, please. Uh, That's one I thought about putting on the list. Let us let mm-hmm. us take that away from Michael Bay. Uh, uh, actually, they now claim that Bumblebee was a remake, even though Bumblebee clearly was not when it was being made. No, it fits in. What? Yeah. No, it fit. A, it's no, a shut up. Yeah, it's a prequel. It fits into the canon. It's very obvious. Ah, that makes me. Feel I mean, sorry. it doesn't fit in well as details are messy, but. Yeah, well, that's the that's the reason why we need to reboot these movies is because I do think the Transformers movies could be very meaningful, and real, um, and just still be read... still be dumb fun. You know. I mean, I was gonna say just go read go read uh, Simon Furman's uh, run from the comics. Um, there uh, was it like it's still Transformers, but he actually did put some genuine good writing and heart into it. Yeah, maybe we could do a crossover movie with the GoBots, you know, or GI Joe, or GI Joe. That'd be kind of <laughs> cool, actually. But Joe's against the Transformers. Yeah, you could have the Mattel verse, you know. <laughs> you mean the Hasbro verse? Is it the Hasbro? Oh fuck, man, <laughs> the Hasbro verse. Uh, I don't know toys. Uh, yeah, I think Transformers would would fit into the like potential reboot era or uh, uh, not era um, um, group because I feel like the first one is good. I don't mind the first movie. The second one is one of my most hated films of all time. And then I stopped watching because I was like, I don't fucking care at all anymore. And then I saw Bumblebee and I was like, meh. And then I I saw Bumblebee with John and he clearly liked it a lot more than I did. I thought it was so fucking bad i really enjoyed myself your dad's dead <laughs> i thought you said you were on the diving team oh wait you're not because your mom's dead or your dad's dead <laughs> like no one talks like that <laughs> Things that people don't actually say yeah that's what a weird bully or you um, know tra- uh, was a bumblebee despite being a uh, uh doesn't know how to transform and she has to teach him even though he was transforming before that he's a fucking transformer. and she's a human <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that works. yeah yeah, I don't get it. Anyway, oh, and I, John and John Cena choice. having lines like "We're going to Texas" <laughs> or something. <laughs> Can we stop giving John Cena movies, please? <laughs> why did they? Why did? Why did HBO Max greenlight an entire series for the Peacemaker before the show or the movie of the Suicide Squad has even come out? That blows it's my really fucking mind. Because like he most likely doesn't die, right? They could do like a prequel series, I guess, but like. Yeah. It's the same thing when they announced Far From Home after Infinity War came out and before Endgame. And you're like, idiots. Why, yeah, you why just did you spoil it? Removed like all of the emotional stakes. 
for me. Also, yeah. if, uh, what is it? Also, if you want, I was going to say with Transformers, if you want a professional wrestler to play your star, just throw in the rock. He'd probably do it. Yeah. On that note, did you hear The Undertaker retired yesterday? Yep. Yeah. So The un- the Undertaker finally retired. And he's been doing interviews out of character, which is fucking bonkers. So I, I know we're not. Re- we should reboot The Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Anyway, John? Um, what do I want to do next? Um, I realize I only have one sequel and I don't even, I'll say it. I don't even know what it would look like. I just really like the movie Looper and I like the world that Ryan Johnson kind of created there. So if he were to make another movie, not even with, well, no, I don't want to, it's not like I want to spoil Looper. Well, the movie's anyway, like 10 years old at this point. Just a movie. I suppose it is. Yeah. Just a sequel in that universe. Yeah. With like, even like a Paul Dano spinoff. I love Paul Dano. So yeah. I would watch the crap out of that. But um, I I trust Ryan Johnson more to make like an interesting sequel to, to something that he's made rather than like a cash grab fan service one. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what that would look like, but. I would just have it focus on another aspect of that world's crime syndicate or whatnot and just another uh, occupation that takes place in that world. Oh, sure. That's not even like it doesn't even have to do with time travel necessarily. Yeah. There are like there's like telepathy. Exactly. Um, Yeah. 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 Or telekinesis, I guess. Not telepathy. But yeah. um, Yeah. Rot with opportunity there. So I think that would be pretty interesting. I didn't even think of that because I haven't seen Looper in a long time. But you did put one on my list that I did. I now want to mention. So thank you, John, for reminding me of something. There you go. So how would you, How sorry, you're saying that you would like do it within the same universe. Because, I mean, we all know it's a little hard to do that movie as a sequel. Like, yeah, I, and I and it's not like I, I, I like the way that it really wraps up the story in that it's not like I'm wondering. I need to know what happens to Emily Blunt or anything afterwards. So like, like Liam was saying that like a completely different sector with actors that were not in the first movie, except mm-hmm. for that, um, that actor that's all in all of Ryan Johnson's movies, of course. Yeah. Uh, Noah, Noah, Noah Sagan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about a brick too? Would you watch brick too, Liam? <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody would want to make brick too. <laughs> I don't think so. What do you got, Liam? Um, uh, next is, uh, let's see here. Um, this is one that, of course, it was going to come up because uh, was it, it was a movie to uh, one of my favorite books, and the movie was one of my most hated movies, iRobot. iRobot deserves mm. another chance at a uh, proper film adaptation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same with I Am Legend. Both well, those movies... Yeah, because the original iRobot isn't iRobot. It's the just original... a name that they slapped on at the last minute because they thought they could bank on it. We've talked yeah. about this on the show before, but yeah, really? no. Uh, uh, what is it? The book I Robot is literally a series of short stories that relate to robotics and humanity, the mind-body problem, um, and just like uh, sure, you can and... go back to either of our adaptations yeah. episodes to hear the full synopsis. But yeah, sorry, Liam, go on. But no, I want to just, or even just, I would want to see even just like. Uh, was it uh, a mini series where like they just kind of tackle each short story or even just maybe create new ones that like fit within iRobot? Yeah. See, I would, think. Oh, go ahead, John. Just really quick. Would you keep Alan Tudyk? Um, I would probably just go for a whole new cast or whatnot. That's... Um, like yeah. it he's might good be... as Sonny. He's he is good in the role, but 
Alan Tudyk's good in most things he does. Yeah, so. And Sonny is also a completely different character in the books. Yeah. Or in the book. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's that's an interesting thing that we've we've discussed a few times already is that a lot of what we've mentioned is turning these these things that were done poorly into miniseries or or television series. I think that's such an interesting concept because that that has happened already. Look at his well, dark materials. Well, right? I mean, I was actually even really thinking works. I was even thinking but I would given he just did a miniseries that's on my watch list, I would love to see Alex Garland do an iRobot miniseries. What was Which the, one did he just do? Uh, he did a miniseries called Devs oh, with uh, Nick Offerman and uh, Allison Pill. That's apparently about social media and sci-fi. Uh, was it and uh, was it like kind of speculative fiction sci-fi? I haven't even heard of that. Devs, yeah, D -E -V -S? Devs. Uh, D E V S, yes. It's like developers, yeah, yeah. Oh, this one came of, out like this year then. Yeah, one of uh, well, I was actually talking with one of our patrons about it, and they recommended it to me. Yeah, um, that's funny. Oh, I just reminded myself of something that I wanted to put on my uh, ingestion. I totally forgot about it, but it's not. Done. I'm not done watching yet. Okay, sorry. Um, anyway, but like, I totally would irrelevant. Love... You'll hear about it on the next episode. Thanks. <laughs> but like, I think Alex Garland would be. If Ex Machina is any indication, I think he'd be the perfect person to tackle something like that. Yeah, for sure. Because um, uh, Alex Garland actually makes sci-fi for grown-ups. True. Yeah. Well, I mean, Denny Villeneuve could also probably do it, right? But I mean, the guy's too busy doing Dune, and it's probably never going to come out. So. And his next movie, apparently he has planned, assuming Dune gets a sequel or whatnot, after all of that, he says his next plan is he wants to do, uh, was it a historical epic to Cleopatra? Wow. Because the last one that they tried to do was like 1919, wasn't it? For Cleopatra? Uh, no, there's the one with Elizabeth Taylor. Right. Sorry, that was another yeah. lost film that I saw uh, in a, on a video today. Was They did try to do one, and it was like 1919. And it'll never be seen. Um, anyway. Um... That's a good point. Yeah, I sorry, I just want to reiterate that is like it's funny to think about how taking something that was done poorly and then trying to flesh it out just a little bit more. But the only way you could do that is by giving it a longer form. Not separating it into multiple films, you know, like they tried to do with The Hunger Games and Harry Potter and things like that. But yeah. just you know, take what you're doing and like maybe make it a spin-off or do it as a television series. Because how interesting would it have been for them to get to seven or sorry, six movies for Harry Potter? Because there's eight of those movies, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Get to six, and then do the last two as a as a television series. Like, that'd be you you so much more long nuts. So much more oh, longevity for one, two. So much more money. You would have made so much more money. Do you know what though? That we would that would be the that would be the new trope if if history were to repeat itself. Because that's the reason why we have part twos all the time is because of Harry Potter. That's true. Yeah. Um. Sorry. One that's on my list here. And John, you reminded me of it, so I thought I'd be put it on here already as a sequel that I would love to see, and I don't think we're ever going to see it, and that's really unfortunate. Um, that is Edge of Tomorrow 2, or Live, Die, Repeat, Repeat, which is a stupid fucking name, but I could just call it Edge of Tomorrow 2. Um, I thought Live, Die, Repeat was a better title than Edge of Tomorrow. What? Why? I hate because Edge of Tomorrow sounds so generic and like whatever, like everything that was coming out in that time. Nah, Live, Die, Repeat is such a stupid name for a movie. I, I, I mean, really I don't thought like, it was a tagline, which makes more it, sense. It was the tagline, and then it became the movie. Title. Like Birds of Prey. Yes, exactly. Birds um, of Prey are the emancipation well, of one Harley Quinn. Well, and then also, Harley Quinn in Birds of Prey and the emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Like, the great well, emancipation, whatever the fuck it's called. Well, I was going to say, just hear the title of what the manga is. Oh, All yeah. you need is kill. All you That's need literally is kill. Yeah. 
which you know that's fine i'm okay with it um but yeah i think edge of tomorrow too is it's something that i really want to see because i think the invasion and stuff wasn't isn't complete and like there's so much more potential for that story to really flesh itself out um i again i don't i think after what's going to happen with chaos walking doug lyman's not going to get work for a while <laughs> um so we're we're going to see after that but um yeah, I, I I really like I love Edge of Tomorrow. That's like genuinely one of my favorite sci fi films. Uh, it was one of my biggest surprises that came out that year because I thought the I trailer did I thought the trailer did nothing to sell really sell me on it. And yeah. it wasn't until I heard really good things that I went out to go see it. I know. I I'm kinda in the same boat. I was like, Oh, this looks meh and then I saw it and that's... it blew my fucking mind. So, that's why I didn't watch that. Um, yeah, that's one that I wanted to mention real quick, at least in terms of sequels. Um, but I do just want to hit, because I, I feel like you guys are rounding out your list, say? Like you got maybe yeah. a couple more. Yeah, yeah. So I just do want to like rapid fire maybe a couple things here that I want to I want to get off my chest. Uh, for remakes, I would love to see a remake of uh, the classic uh, Stephen King-directed film, Maximum Overdrive, please. <laughs> that would be insane. <laughs> Yes. Um, John, do you know it? It's no. The only... I've been Googling, I've been like looking up all these things on IMDb while you guys talking about them. If anyone's wondering why I'm like completely zoned out down nah, there. That's cool. Hey, I'm currently no rubbing, my, I'm rubbing my arm. So I'm rubbing I'm gel on my myself. arm. That's okay. true. Yeah. Um, uh, it, so it's the only movie that Stephen King's directed. Uh and he was very high on cocaine when he made it. Very high on cocaine. Um, it is based off of a short story that I'm he also about. wrote. The movie is... I've talked about it on the show, so I'll do a brief synopsis. But it's basically about a world where either an, ast an asteroid or aliens pass by. It's not clear because it contradicts itself at the end of the movie. Um, but this radiation passes by Earth. This electromagnetic field covers the, the planet. And then cars and electronics and stuff come to life. And then they start hunting down humans. And Emilio Estevez is in it. Yeardley Smith is in it. That's Lisa Simpson, by the way. There's this big truck that looks like the Green Goblin. For some reason. And yeah. they get trapped at this gas station with all these trucks circling them, trying to kill them. It sounds like, And here's the other thing. The entire soundtrack is ACDC. It's the greatest, worst fucking movie ever made. Because I love it to bits. I think it's so god-awful, but it's such a wild ride. And I feel like they, if we did it today with, like, auto-driving, like, you don't even need to worry about the asteroid field. You just have to worry about AI taking over and taking over the self-driving cars. Yeah. Right? And now, oh, shit, the cars are come to life. Like, we're boned, you know? So if somebody in Hollywood is watching this right now, I came up with this. If Maximum Overdrive 2023 comes out, that's mine, and I own. I deserve the royalties. Just saying. I'm also an actor. In case you need someone to be in. This movie. You could be Emilio Estevez, and are you comfortable with wearing a tank top, like a I white, a white tank top and blue I jeans? I could. I could. I could get behind that. Right yeah. on. You're like you're like John McClane versus the Cars, <laughs> but that's a movie I really I would love to see redone because again, it's just like it sucks because it's like. It's such a bonkers concept that you wish it could have been good. But, I mean, it's good in the sense that it's not good. So there's that. Um, one more I did want to mention before I pass it off again to, to John is um, for remakes, um, because they've driven the franchise into the ground um, way too much, there's seven of these movies now, um, is I would love to see a remake of Tremors um, with Kevin Bacon. Um, 
also probably starring Kevin Bacon again. Uh, but he would and never they can do cast it. John Barenthal. They could, <laughs> or you know, or you could do it as um as the guy's Duba, son, or do the whole Halloween thing where they ignore all the other sequels and be like, okay, fine, here's a sequel to Tremors. Tremors two, and it's genuinely just a sequel to Tremors, but Kevin Bacon is like the father of Timothy Chalamet. Even though I hate that fucker. <laughs> And then well, you at have least my hatred for people is usually justified. And then you got whatever that other guy's name is in the movie. Um, and then his son is is John Bernthal, and the two of or nephew or something. And the two of them got to go up against the, the the Tremors. There you go again. Hollywood Tremors two twenty twenty three. You fucking you owe me money. <laughs> um, all right, John. I'm gonna pass this back off to you. Um, what shall I go with next? Um. Sleepy Hollow is a short story that I actually, um, like several years ago, was part of an adaptation for that, like part of adapting that script for the stage. So I'm personally attached to the story and I watched the Johnny Depp movie um, around that time. And uh, my sister was a fan of it when I was growing up too. Um, And uh, so, it's not really a remake. I had nightmares of of Christopher Walken's teeth specifically in that movie. Cause yes. He's, he's got like those sharpened down teeth. Ugh. Yeah. Screaming yeah. constantly. Um, yeah, it's a very dark um, and scary film. So I just think that like, I don't know. I mean, like the, the idea of like this, but it's modernized is kind of like beaten to death these days. But we do live in the modern times um, right now, so I think why not just try to see what Sleepy Hollow would look like. Give it to Leigh and... Whannell. Who's that? Leigh Whannell's the guy who directed um, uh, Upgrade the Invisible... and the Invisible Man. Upgrade and the Invisible Man. Oh, then sure. Yeah, I could definitely um, see He's that. also adapting The Wolfman, written by um, and starring Ryan Gosling. Written by Ryan Gosling? It was supposed to be directed by him, too. But um, every movie Ryan Gosling's directed has flopped. So <laughs> Universal um, was, was like, you're not allowed to do this. <laughs> Go I was going to say that uh, I actually do. I do enjoy the, um, uh, what is it, the Burton uh, Sleepy Hollow, even though it is not the book at all. No. In fact, that movie is essentially, um, uh, what is it, uh, Tim Burton's love letter to Hammer Horror Films. Yeah, pretty much. Like That's why the blood looks like neon and not like actual blood. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, And like, I mean, like the story itself is so short like i think you would be surprised if you actually like looked it up and read it it's not like a book or anything it's literally like just hearing about this guy with a pumpkin for a head and they mention ichabod crane and being killed like he's not even the headless horseman i don't think in in the original one but that's just kind of well he's not he's not in the johnny depp version either is but Johnny in, Depp not I- Ichabod Crane? Ichabod is Ichab- he is Ichabod Crane, and he's right. not the headless horseman. Yeah. In, and I think in most adaptations, it like Ichabod Crane turns out to be the headless horseman. Oh, see, Ichabod, I didn't know that. Spoiler, Ichabod Sean. Crane also is a completely <laughs> different character in the story. Yeah, like just yes. in general. The the one that like you, I think Ichabod Crane. I think of like the the Disney one, the Disney adaptation of the of Sleepy Hollow or the, the headless yes. horseman. Um, where it's you know light and fluffy, but still kind of you know scary. Um, but that's it. That's interesting. So you would you would like to do it maybe modernized? 
like a modern um, take on it that's just i don't know like it's it's just kind of an interesting um base to use in terms of like oh well if we're gonna like if you're gonna justify doing a story that's been told several times before then what are you going to do differently with it mm -hmm. um, well you could also give it to someone like um uh liam what's his name he directed uh the lighthouse and the witch robert eggers yeah you could give it to like robert eggers and like be sure. like here go have some fun with sleepy hollow let's see what you can do with this and i think he'd make something real weird yeah, really, yeah really that would weird. be dope um i do want to throw another one out there because um i've forgot that sleepy hollow was directed by tim burton and so i'm just going to throw another one that was also directed by tim burton and it's also an adaptation of a book so it's sort of remake territory it's alice in wonderland oh yeah um, i have not seen the entirety of the gym of the tim burton like the first one and then none of the second one um, it's not very good it's not good like i know that and um incidentally it's another um thing that i that i worked on an adaptation for the stage for um and so i just know like having worked on it i just know the kind of potential that it has i really like the the first book and yeah i don't know well just what was weird yeah Sorry. i was gonna say what was really weird about the burton one is that Tim Burton seemed at the time like the director that should be doing Alice in Wonderland because his movies are always criticized for not really being about anything. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Alice in Wonderland is literally a book about madness mm -hmm. and mayhem. Yes. And it's a celebration of randomness. And then Tim Burton tries to turn into this weird Joan of Arc kind of uh, hero's journey story where I'm like, that's... Talk about missing the mark, man. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he had it in the bag. But um, yeah, and again, I don't know who I would give that to maybe like no. Ari Aster <laughs> yes. give it to Ari Aster I mean you could kind of call Midsummer like a very soft Alice in Wonderland no, retelling not really no 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 yes, that has nothing to do with Alice in Wonderland identical. a blonde girl in the grass <laughs> yeah, identical no you, I, Liam, I think you missed the subplot about the Mad Hatter being a gaslighting boyfriend to Alice. I think you really oh, missed that God subplot. <laughs> so it's, it's in the subtext, okay? What? Anyway, Liam, what else? Oh, what do you got? Yeah, Liam, what do you got? Um, I got one more, and this one's a sequel. Uh, what is it? This is actually this is a movie I love that I would actually like to see a sequel to because the premise really would lo loans itself to it. I would love to see a sequel to Inside Out. What really? Oh, I would yeah. love to. I would love to see them like tackle like uh, other facets of growing up or whatnot. Okay. I don't think it would be as good as the first one because you don't hit lightning in a bottle, but I do think that there is a lot more to say with a lot of the ideas presented in Inside Out, especially the older you get. Where uh, was it? Where a lot of thoughts or whatnot become generally more abstract the older you get. I can yeah, guarantee. Becomes kind of less and less black and white. Yeah. So. I can guarantee if Inside Out came out in the 90s, we would have an animated series. We would have Inside Out the animated series, and it would follow Riley as a teenager. I can guarantee that. You know, Good I thing we don't live in the 90s. <laughs> you know, I was going to say, like, even, like, uh, like, they did a sequel where it's, like, uh, Riley becoming an adult or whatnot. And, like, uh, Ember's also the fact where other emotions could probably become more prominent. And more complex, um, yeah. Yeah, like... Uh, and just, like, because the first Inside Out really is about, like, when you're at that age as a kid where um what was really important to you uh, doesn't uh, 
really uh, start to uh, really doesn't start to mean the same thing to you anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, when you become an adult, uh, there's, a, there's a lot more complexities in there and a lot more things to really figure out because I know a lot of people when they become adult fall into the whole thing of like things are going to be super, super easy from here on out when they're not. I would also love to see like the memories, the core, like what that looks like as for an adult, you know, although see one thing I do, I, I, I agree because I, I mean, you took me a second to get to the point where I was like, fuck, inside out. No, you can't. No, don't. But now I'm back. Now I'm on board. Um, part of it was what makes Inside Out so, you know, meaningful is that, um, you know, you're following a child, which is something that, um, adults can relate to, but children can also relate to. And if you made a movie purely about an adult's emotions, children wouldn't get it and they wouldn't care. That's a good question. Would it be like a Pixar movie, Liam? I mean, kids or I feel it... like it would probably, I mean, if they were to do it, I would want it to be like 10 years later so they could kind of do the Toy Story 3 type of a thing mm-hmm. where like it kind of become because Toy Story 3 was like, a, let's face it, Toy Story 3 was made for adults who grew up with Toy Story. That's true. Yeah. And I feel like uh, if we did, and I feel like that could be done with uh, Inside Out. Well, again, yeah. I would only want them to do a sequel if they genuinely had a really, really good idea. So, Inside Out, twenty forty four, and not lose, uh, and uh, not lose a year of production like Incredibles two did, mm-hmm. because Toy Story four, a sequel nobody asked for or needed, had to be made. Yep. <laughs> Awkward silence on that one, because I think we all agree. Um, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah, actually, that, I, like I never really thought of that. Um, I got two more that I would like to maybe three. One of them's like a I soft. also have one more. Okay, um, so I I'll let you go, John, because then I'll I'll uh, right. I'll pop mine off real oh, quick. I also do have uh, one more. So if we're doing the sequel of a circle thing, this one is actually a reboot. Okay, well then I'll just say one of mine then. Um, one that is a sequel that I would like to see um, is a sequel to War of the Planet of the Apes. Um, I would, I would love to see it like a, like a quadrilogy, um, in that, uh, at least not necessarily, um, within like, I would love to see what happens in that planet of the apes universe when it gets to the point where like humans are extinct, you know, and like humans do not exist and then do the, do the, the, the planet of the apes, but do it from the apes side of point of view. You know, like have have not Mark Wahlberg, but have Charleston Heston's character crash on the planet and do the do it like do the do, you know, but from the apes point of view, I think that would be really interesting because also, yeah, because the apes get to the point where they can fully speak English or sorry, fully speak tongue, like real language, not just ape sounds and then show like the, the evolution of it. So when they're hearing humans speak, they're like not really hearing what they're saying. Because they can't really speak or whatever. Even like if you do the armor thing, you could get really creative with the way apes would probably actually build armor or whatnot in this universe. In that universe, yeah, I think that'd be real cool. Um, but it would have to take place like a hundred or like two hundred years into the future, right? Yeah. Well past where the apes, because those movies take place. What is it? the first one's like twenty? The it's like first eleven when it comes out. Yeah, and then this, the next one is like ten years later. Yeah, and then I think, I think it's, it's eight another. Years later. Yeah, and then I think it's another like eight or ten years later. Yeah, yeah, because Caesar gets fucking old. <laughs> so, but yeah, he I does. think that would cool. you? 
Would you give it to Matt Reeves again? Um, no, but I would let. I would. I think like if I was producing it, I. I would. He would be massively involved in the process. Sure. And, and get him to get him to see who he trusts with the property because he didn't direct the first one. He just did the second two. Um, and though I. I mean. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is one of the most perfect movies ever made. It's I it, love that movie. And it was literally like he was he was initially co-directing it. Mm-hmm. And then after hearing his ideas, the studio was like, just have just have it. You got it. You, <laughs> you got, got this. <laughs> yeah. Or at least I think he was brought on to do a rewrite initially, or like to yeah. do what to help oversee a little bit of that, and then they just handed him the directing uh, yeah. the director's chair. That was pretty dope. Um yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I would love to see that. I would love to see like a, a super, super future sequel of uh, Planet of the Apes. Although, see, here's the thing. So when Rise came out, I was like, okay, Rise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then Dawn, and I was like, okay, okay. And Lucas and I used to joke about this. We were like, I bet you the third one's going to be called War. I can guarantee you it's going to be called War of the Planet of the Apes. And sure enough, they called you it close. War. What? War for the Planet. Oh, that's true. We were one word off, but we still celebrated, obviously. No, yeah, well done. So I... this one would be called Planet of the Planet of the Apes of the Apes. <laughs> no, I think they would just call it Planet of the Apes at that point. Like it would be a, the Planet of the Apes. They ca- probably call it the Planet of the Apes because everything the Batman, the Planet of the Apes. Let's <laughs> go throw the the Maximum yeah. Overdrive, the Inside Out Two. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great all right john what else do you got for us um all right this is my last one um so bookending it with um it's okay yeah for it's it's another um adaptation of a book that was made into a movie that should be a mini series um have did you either of you watch the spider spider wick chronicles when no. it came out i know liam um, likes yes. it but uh, what is it? I remember not minding the movie when I saw it as a kid. That's Anna yeah. Sophia Robb. Oh no, no that's Percy Terabithia. A movie I do yes. not like at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Uh. Spider with Chronicles stars uh Freddie Highmore in two different roles. He yeah, plays he plays twins. twins in it. Um. And uh, I really liked the movie. Like I was. I don't remember how old I was when it came out. I think it was like 2007 or something like that. So it was like old 10 or 11 and um really dug it found out it was based off of like a series of like a very short series of books and i read those very quickly and like really enjoyed it and um because again because it's a movie it only like scratched the surface of of all that's in there so and i wouldn't it's not enough to be a full-fledged series um but it's really fun and not a lot of people know about it and uh I, I just really what's like it about again it. is it like it's does so, he... so it's it's about like this this family it's classic this family like moves away from their hometown and moves into this ancient fucking house with a lot of secrets and these at least one of these freddie highmores doesn't want to be there the the moody freddie highmore, highmore is like i don't want to be here when he the finds a like it's fine and they have an older sister um and then they find yeah this book in like this attic um as well as like this little like muskrat looking guy who speaks in in rhymes this is all coming back to me right now <laughs> yeah no he finds a book that essentially is like that it's literally just awakens another universe and it has all of the knowledge on like the way uh oh was it our world and this fantasy world intersect 
So yeah, like, it's essentially like all the all the fantasy characters, like the goblins and fairies and shit, they all like exist and are around, but you just can't see them. So this like one guy lost his daughter to like the fairies, like took her um, to this other world, and so he like it's because he was doing all his research. So yeah, he has this like lens where you can see them, and and there's a shape shifting goblin that's like the main antagonist. Seth Rogen is in the movie. Yeah, um, but he oh, plays yeah. a hobgoblin. Yeah, um, I played the video game of this thing too. Wild, I was a big fan. Um, so just for my own nostalgic purposes, I'd really, I would like to see that. HBO Max. Yeah, and cast fucking twins. I don't know what. Yeah. Just cast some twins. Yeah, like Army Hammer and his brother. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, unless you have a very, very good actor that is able to do both of them. Yeah, or like at least Social Network has like. I think it's like there's there's a point being made with the fact that the Winklevosses are played by one guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, versus like Freddie Heimer's popular. Let's have him twice. <laughs> he was yeah. a very he was very popular when that movie came out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was one of my favorite actors. Um, I believe that he lost the ability to act as he grew up. That's well, now he's in the Good Doctor. Is that right? And a friend of mine from work told me about mm-hmm. how she's like she he does the whole autism savant thing and it's uh, really off putting. It's yeah, pretty hard. I don't. I'm not to, a fan. Yeah, I'm not a fan either. My parents love it because they don't get that it's wrong. <laughs> like, did you see Sia? Yeah. You know who Sia is? Like that. Oh yeah, musician? I, yeah. You heard about this? Where she's making? Yeah. She made a movie called Music Liam, and it's yeah. supposed to come out. And the Movies essentially about uh, this kid, this person on the autism spectrum, who sees the world as music, right? Played by a person who is not on the autism spectrum at all, doesn't fit on the spectrum at all. Um, it has Kate Hudson, I believe, as the other lead. Um, and like the, it seems like there's going to be a lot of really great musical numbers and things like that. But the person who's playing the character's name is Music, who plays Music is really 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 overselling it yeah well because i was gonna say and uh, it's honestly if you saw the trailer liam you would be offended because it's yeah, it's quite it's is quite it like simple is it like simple jack levels it's verging on it's going beyond i am sam it goes okay. past i am sam levels because yeah, i was gonna say that with uh, i don't have a problem with actors who are not on the spectrum playing uh i was it playing people on the spectrum because in all fairness um the Hollywood has gone better at it, though I do wish that um a lot of actors would stop overselling the blinking thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, uh, so I don't inherently have a problem with that. What I do is like <laughs> that was a oh, good was one, John. I know exactly what you referenced there, and those of you at home who are listening to this podcast just missed John do a very great um little reference. Arnie, Arnie uh, Grape, yeah. an Arnie Grape, where like yeah, like you said, Liam. Like Leo really overdid it. <laughs> I mean, but, it worked. It worked for the time, but like yeah. we're at a point now where I'm like, like I will You're say not that a fan of Leo's performance in that movie. Oh, it's a great. It's a great performance. It's just okay. the fact that it's like, it's aged. Yeah, it has. It oh, has aged. Oh, oh I don't. No, I, I, he does a great job, but it's it's it it, it hasn't aged I poorly. I, I I guess I guess it's age. I don't know. I rewatched this movie like a few months ago, and a couple times I literally forgot it was Leonardo DiCaprio. I was like, sure. they're, they're, I'm I'm impressed with this autistic kid and his ability to do what he's doing." Right. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Um, that's a discussion for. How did we time. get um, here? Um. <laughs> anyways, uh, where were we again? I don't know. Twins. Oh yeah. I think it's your turn, Lee. Um. Twins. Right. Yeah, we started with twins. Okay. Here's my last one. 
Um, and this is one that you guys have all heard me talk about to death or to death. We get it. Any... You like Cowboy Bebop. No, no. Just kidding. if there's any uh, reboot that I want right now, I want Superman. I want an actual honest to God yeah. Superman. Sure. sure. Instead of this whole attitude of let's make Superman cool or, or like, let's make Superman cool. They should, the attitude. I want a movie where the attitude is Superman is already cool. Liam, I got a pitch for you. Okay. You want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. It's Superman, but we make him a bad guy. Um, so every <laughs> fucking thing that's being made right now. Yeah, I know. That was, that's um, the bit. It was cliched when Hancock did it. Yeah, I know. Um, um, but I don't but... disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. I think what they what the DCEU needs to do is not be an EU, be an aug be an AU and be an augmented universe. And yep. each one of them is each character has their own line of movies and just focus on on that. That's yeah, my like I opinion. would like if I thought about if I were to make a Superman movie, I wouldn't do the origin again because well, like with Spider-Man, that's something we all know. Mm-hmm. I would have it literally start with Superman introducing himself to the world. Oh, that's and a like, good because that's 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 a good idea because that's an origin story in and in, in on itself. That's smart. Um, and like uh, obviously, I don't want to as much as I do like some stories like uh, Red Sun or all of that. I just want an honest to god, authentic Superman. Um, I want to. Uh, what is it? I want. I mainly. I think a lot of it is that like. Instead of doing this whole uh, alienation thing or whatnot of Superman, you could have all of that. I'm like, I just want a genuine, a genuine Superman movie, mainly because with how uh, hopeless and and overly cynical the world is, I feel like we could really use something like Superman. I agree. So, I mean, that doesn't mean that there can't be moments of darkness or moments of tragedy. That's why you have Batman. Yeah, I was gonna say like when those happen in a Superman story, it should always be about over. Uh, was it overcoming that and seeing the best in people? Mm-hmm. And like, I would want. Also, I would want this movie to be fucking colorful. I want it would want it to have, have like those Donner you know, level like, of colorless, co- colorfulness. No, no, I'm talking like if you read All Star Superman and like those gorgeous shots of like the sun and like uh, and like just those and really popping off. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I just do you feel have like, anyone in mind? Uh, for I mean, as much as I do like Cavill, I do think Cavill can play a really good Superman. If we were to reboot it, I don't know if that would really be an option. Mm-hmm. I actually, I don't know who I would want to be Superman. That's Could be a some question. unknown person as yeah. well. Yeah, I, I, was, want... I was mainly wondering if you would cast Havel again, but I agree with you that like he wasn't bad, but like he's had his due. Yeah, I would want um, I would want them to pull a Christopher Reeve thing where they pull a um, a, was it an unknown, a largely unknown actor or somebody who's from the stage, and I would want uh, them also to do what they did where they cast uh. Uh, was it Lois or based around like how well her uh, was a actor and uh, leading lady work together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that's also how they casted uh, Emma Stone in uh, the Amazing Spider-Man movies and why they worked as well as they did. And then they fell in love. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree, Liam. I think Superman, like the one thing that I agree the most with you right now is the world needs Superman. <laughs> like boy do we ever need superman right now like mm-hmm. and honest to god superman like i mean we could go on and watch richard donner's superman you know a nearly 3 hour movie of almost nearly perfection um but i mean we also live in a i think why i think we need a really a new superman thing about what not is that 
let's face it, Batman and all of that and Spider-Man get Verdue all the time. Mm -hmm. And Superman, uh, thanks to nonsense like Family Guy and all of that, has kind of become a joke where I talk to like young kids who don't know who don't know shit about Superman or any of that or just go off and like, oh, Superman, Superman sucks. Superman wears his underwear on the outside. Oh, was it being nice is bad? Or I'm like, because that's been so normalized in our pop yeah. in our popular media. I'm like, we really need something to showcase the opposite. Not every character in a movie needs to be a dick anymore. I agree. Oh. Well, I don't know if I can bounce back from fucking Superman, so I think that's where we're going to end this segment. So <laughs> thank you, everybody. I think it's a solid conclusion. I yeah. agree. So Bring th back Superman. This has been our uh, discussion on uh, remakes, reboots, sequels, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, uh, if any of these do get off the ground, we called it first. We knew it was going to happen. Um, you can use this podcast as a, a reference point, and then we can use this as a lawsuit. So thank you, everybody at home, for listening to this section of the Thundercast. We're going to be right back after the break. Yeah, we, we're not going to, like, I'm, I don't think we should, usually we don't like practice a whole lot before we go into the show so i, was wondering what was I just yeah. i just feel like that way uh, was a christian you could put the jingle in there no i intend to put the jingle before the episode starts so it'll be like right at the start of that so it's the first thing people are going to hear All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Thundercast. I got Liam's little mouth open there in the, in the, in the, in the speech, so we are back. Um, I forgot to announce what we're doing at the end of this because Lucas isn't here, and usually I throw it to him to do the name of what we're doing, but Liam, what are we doing today? What, what's our third segment? We have another edition of Cool Wars. Cool Wars. Welcome back to Cool Wars. Cool Wars is a game we like to play at the end of every single episode of the Thundercast where we put two fictional characters up against each other based off of a list that is entirely arbitrary that we have come up with. Um, and we pit these two people against each other, people, and anthropomorphic things at times, whatever. We pit them against each other in a fight of coolness, so they are not physically fighting. Um, coolness can be uh, defined by many, many things, so please use the Google machine to define cool, and that will help you in understanding what we're doing. Today's Cool Wars is... Uh, one we finally get to do, because uh, if Lucas were here, we only w two of us would have seen this of a character from this movie, but since we all have, we finally can, and it is John McClane from Die Hard, versus Cliff Booth from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That is right. So Bruce Willis versus Brad Pitt. Just kidding. It's not them. It's actually their fictional counterparts. Liam, do you have a timer set up for us? Yep. We have and... 10 minutes, John, to discuss this. Just FYI. And starting now. Now. Okay. So some cool attributes behind John McClane is the man literally walks on fucking glass. Um, he's kind of the uh, he. I mean, he's just a all around normal dude who turns into a total fucking badass by the and he's an and he's an action hero who came out in a time where all everybody looked like Stallone or Schwarzenegger, and then you have this guy who looks like your dad. Yeah, just hanging out. Yeah, <laughs> bald dude, just ready to fuck. 
And no, he's uh, not bald in the first one. Oh no, he's not. It's true. He's got hair. It's strange. He's okay. not bald until Live Free or Die Hard. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Well, he's got hair. He's Bruce Willis with hair, so that's kind of cool. Um, one thing that is kind of cool about uh, Cliff Booth is that he is kind of unapologetically himself. Only downfall yep. is, I'm pretty sure he murdered his wife. So there's that. Is that not considered cool? <laughs> no, John. Right here. <laughs> scratch my notes out. Uh, um, yeah, because I mean, John McClane didn't kill his wife. So. John McClane saved her. Yeah. Though Twice. I mean, John. Yeah. Though I mean, also one thing to take into account about John McClane is John McClane's an asshole. When he first shows up, he is unbelievably antagonistic. That's true. He's he's kind of a drunk. He's uh, uh, what is it? He uh, was he has this kind of like uh, I'm right attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but his, his hero's journey is like, you know, he definitely comes around in the end, right? He has a literal Christmas story. He has a magical transformation as a character towards the end, yeah. or at least magical by Christmas movie standards. Yes. Well, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. We're calling it. I'm calling it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then like Cliff Booth, he like he's also an asshole, but he knows it. But I'm... he's also not really an asshole, you know. Like he's just like he's cool. Oh fuck! I mean, did I just decide it? <laughs> I think uh, what is I think what is cool about Cliff is the fact that he does kind of avoid the thing a lot of like really cool guys in movies do like uh when there's this really hot hippie chick in his car he takes into account that she's underage and yeah. he's like i'm not gonna do this yeah yeah um, and like he handles really intense situations with like a coyness and like a respect until they become disrespectful and then he's like all right well you're being mean so well, i guess that's he, not how it's gonna go well, even I talked when my dad and I saw that movie in the theater, and there's that scene with his car with a car, where like uh, that hippie guy puts a knife in there. I'm like, I was talking to my dad. I'm like, you know what? That's probably how I think a situ- how you should handle a situation like that. I'm like, you give them the chance to fix it yeah. and uh, make amends, and if they don't, it's like, all right, that's it. Yeah. Here's what I I will input. I think that. Am I allowed to answer the question about what I think the answer is? No, we get down to the end. Yeah, when once we want like what we can also end the timer whenever we want, but like yeah, g- sure. give us give us some more like well, yeah, cuz this okay. is John's first I, Cool Wars. So. It is my first Cool Wars. I've seen both of these movies one time and Die Hard was a long time ago. Um John McClane is like a badass, which I think just goes without saying. Um, I don't think that Brad, or sorry, I don't think that, um, uh, what's his name? Cliff? Cliff yeah, Booth. Cliff. Yeah. Cliff Booth. Yes. I, I don't think he is necessarily as badass, but I think it's his collectedness, which he kind of pointed out Christian that really makes him cool. Also, he literally, um, does drugs um are drugs cool john yes what yes what i gotta now i gotta put the fuck i gotta put the fucking dare advertisement at the start of it (laughs) look look you you can go ahead and do whatever you feel feel comfortable with doing i'm not gonna pretend like you got all that white space behind you john i'm gonna put a dare logo right now uh one uh one thing that is cool about both john and i was it and cliff is that 
They are very traditionally big masculine dudes, but they also do have a side of that, that they do both genuinely care about people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, like uh, yeah. Uh, Cliff is always there for his best friend. Uh, what is it? Uh, John McClane is the guy who will do whatever it takes to protect his wife or his kids. Yeah. Yeah, and also, to be fair, John McClane also handles things with, like, a lot of... A collectiveness. A lot of collectiveness, yeah. A very sarcastic wit. Yeah, he, he definitely handles it a little bit more sarcastically, that's for sure. Um, having said that, also Cliff does, too. So, I don't know. I'm in a toss-up. I think I got to go down to the wire on this one. Liam, what, how much time do we got? Do you have an answer, Liam? Or? Uh, we have four minutes. This is a tough one. We yeah. got to really... I'm going to really hash this one out. I don't know. I think, I'm, I think I know what my answer is. Um, I think what also is an interesting uh, tidbit about Cliff is that he cares more about his dog's health and well-being than he does his own, really. It's true. Yeah. Like, even when he's, when he's preparing his uh, that meal for his dog, you can tell he's a lot more concerned about that than he is about his meal. But also, he doesn't let the dog eat until he eats, as you should. <laughs> I don't know anything about uh, dog training. <laughs> so. I don't think it's actually. I mean, it is for some people. Yeah. Just like so children, good. right? You don't let them eat until you eat. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and they can't uh, sleep in beds until they stop pooping their pants. Wow, that is another, awful. Not true. Um, don't do that. Uh, let them sleep an, in beds. Another thing to take into account is the fact that um, John McClane has four movies. We don't... We're, we're, yeah, that's it. Four movies. That's all we talk about. Right. Cliff only has one. True. Uh I'm personally basing it off of Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, well, because Die Hard is the best one. Yeah, yeah I'm going off of Die Hard. Enough. Um, yeah, I don't know which more, uh, what what more I can add. It's because, like, yeah, I just haven't seen Die Hard in long enough. Because I, I would say that um, Cliff just lets things kind of, it's like water off a duck's back. He just kind of lets it. Let's it flow past them. You, I'm, I'm sure the same could be said for John McClane, but I just don't remember enough. Oh no, he doesn't really let things slide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no he he's kind of vengeful. A lot more active in his in his decision making. Yeah, welcome to the party, pal. You know, like I mean, well, a... I mean, in his situation, what else was he really gonna do? Well, totally, uh... he's he's backed into the in into a wall there. Whereas I think Cliff Booth, like, he has those definite moments where he like kind of loses it but it is still within like he just it's it's something happens to him and he's like okay let me just kind of evaluate this okay oh is this how i'm meant to react okay i suppose i could do this then right and it's just very meticulous i mean in all fairness uh uh what is it uh cliff it also uh doesn't always let things slide off him like uh he is also kind of an asshole when it comes to something that he th- that he believes in or whatnot like uh his little spat with bruce lee sure. yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah and uh both of you guys know that a very similar thing once happened but we're not going to get into that no, no so and 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 if i if i make comments on on that scene i think i think it's worth mentioning that the whole thing is a flashback and the point that's being made is like, here's the reason why you were fired. And then when he recollects on all the things that he did, he was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sounds about Which right. Which is just a very cool <laughs> response. Of Fair, just enough. Like, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. One of, my, one of the funniest parts in that whole movie. Fair enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, Liam, I think we're good. All right.
right? Okay, Down. timer is done. Okay, we're gonna do the countdown. So in three, two, two one. One, John McClane. Oh, oh, Cliff Booth. Oh, we did that, we fucked that up. I was going over Cliff. I didn't know. I didn't yeah, so know. we usually do, we usually announce all at the same time, but because you are not Lucas, I feel like the flow has been disrupted in the cool wars. But that is fine. It's not a problem. We're gonna. We're next time we have John on the show. I'm sure it'll be smoother. It's like okay. A, like it's cool. Peanut butter. It's cool. <laughs> it's cool. Um. Anyway, this has been the Thundercast for today. Um. If you like what you heard, be sure to go follow us on uh, social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube by searching up Thunder Lizard Collective, and on Twitter we are Thunder Lizard OG. Um, again, if you did like this, be sure to tell a friend, follow us on Spotify, give us five stars on iTunes, and do the equivalent on any other of your streaming platforms. Um, if you could, you know, share us on social media. That'd be really cool. We also have another show, which uh, we do, uh, Liam and I do with our friend Dan and Lucas as well. Lucas is our Thunder Master, and we, he guides us through a wonderful little game of Dungeons & Dragons. That show is called Thunder and Dragons. Uh, you can also find that on uh, most streaming platforms. Um, I would also like to thank our patrons. So we do have a Patreon page, and you can find it by going to patreon.com slash thunderlizard. Uh, and our patrons for the, for the time being are Kate, Tanya, Brittany, Scott, and Manos. So thank you very much for all of your support. Um, we really do appreciate it. I'd really like to thank John for coming in and stepping up um, while uh, Lucas is away currently. Uh, you know, John Tasker, friend of the show. There's a reason why he's called that, and uh, this this shows it. This demonstrates it. So yes, like I said, this has been the Thundercast for this week. My name is Christian. My name is Liam. I'm John. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Christian. My name is Liam, and that's John. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Liam. See ya. And uh, <laughs> play us off, Christian. Da 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 da. So get your game face on and wait, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um...